The reading is from Hebrews chapter 4, verses 1 to 13, and can be found on page 1203 in the Church Bibles. A Sabbath rest for the people of God. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the gospel preached to us, just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them, because those who heard it did not combine it with faith. Now where you have believed, enter that rest, just as God has said. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And yet his work has been finished since the creation of the world. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words. And on the seventh day, God rested from all his work. And again in the passage above, he says, they shall never enter my rest. It still remains that some will enter that rest. And those who formerly had the gospel preached to them did not go in because of their disobedience. Therefore, God again set a certain day calling it today, when a long time later he spoke through David, as was said before, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from his own work, just as God did from his. Let us, therefore, make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. This is the word of the Lord. So I want to uh, speak to you tonight about rest, about real rest, rest for our souls, not just an extra hour in bed that some of us had this morning, even though that was good, but real rest. Because when we think about it, we are in many ways attached to these things, our phones, whether it's taking calls, emails, texts, social media, whatever it may be, the drive of work, meeting up with friends, the list goes on, everything that is packed into your life. And it can become exhausting. It gets to a point where actually you and I are just desperate for a holiday, a break, an opportunity to stop and rest. Because that 
endless, relentless nature of things that are demanded of you and me can become too much. Before I was uh, a vicar, I worked in business for 12 years and I worked um, for a company abroad and would travel every week. So I'd go away on a Monday and come back on a Friday every single week. I had a team of people scattered around Europe and there was a lot of pressure and um, expectations on me and what I had to do in this business. And um, there were times where it just got too much. And I remember in particular this one time when I was um, at our office in London at Red Lion Square in Hoban. And it was one of those times where there were lots of deadlines, a lot of pressure, a lot of things that had to be done. And people in the team who were demanding things of me. And the pressure just mounted up and up and up. And I couldn't take it anymore. And I walked out into this little square. It's quite a sort of civilized square in Red Lion Square in the middle of Hoban, if any of you know it. And I walked out there and I yelled at the top of my voice. And all the people who were sitting around eating their sandwiches literally looked at me and ran in the opposite direction. Who is this bloke? But I just couldn't take any more. I was having a form of breakdown, actually. And it took me weeks to rest and recover. And as we look around Reading, London, our country, we just see the pressure that mounts upon people around us, whether it's driving cars and just the anger and frustration of those on the roads or even walking around the streets here in Reading. We need rest. We need real rest that reaches deep within here to refresh us and restore us. Spirit rest, soul rest. So that's what we're going to pray for now. And then we're going to have a look at these words in Hebrews. Psalm 62 says this, Truly my soul finds rest in God. And so Lord, we want tonight to invite you to come and give us rest. That rest that comes from you, Father. Just pray the Spirit of God rest upon us now. That this would be a thin place for you to draw near to us and us to draw near to you. in that place grant us rest we pray in the name of Jesus Amen now I am I loved yesterday watching the rugby did anyone else watch the rugby quick show of hands yeah that's pretty good Um, I wouldn't describe watching England play New Zealand as restful really Uh, I never found myself uh, before now as being quite so close to the television. I've never shouted at the television as much as I did yesterday morning. Um, At one point, my family said, Dad, can you please just get back from the telly? We can't actually see it. But it was so exciting, wasn't it? And um, 
As we were watching this kind of 80 minutes of non-stop action and drive and a demonstration of strength and agility and power and all these good things, and as I had this kind of whole subject of rest in my head and heart, it struck me that there's something there in the rugby that we can learn as we think about rest. Because what we saw was 80 minutes of non-stop action. But actually, what allows these men to, to play that well is something that lies behind their performance. That these guys can only play as well as they do because they train. And they can only play as well as they do because they rest. And they take this discipline of rest seriously. Today, the players will be resting This week, they will be resting and then beginning to look forward to the match on Saturday. And they can only play as they do because they've got this balance of resting, of training, and of performing, of playing. And you and I are also created to have rest as a key part of who we are and how we live our lives. God himself created the world. We read at the beginning of scripture, he made the heavens and the earth. He looked at it and said, this is very good. And then he rested. This is God who, who doesn't get stressed, God who doesn't need a holiday, God who doesn't need a weekend, and yet God rests. We read this, God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested And you and I are made in the image of God. We are to reflect God and to show God to this world. And so as God works, we work. As God rests, we rest. This is the pattern of how we are to live our lives. And God commands us to rest, not because he's some kind of controlling, dominating force above us, but because... He's a loving father who knows you and me, who knows us intimately and knows what's good for us. And he wants you, wow, he wants you to thrive in your life, to live life in all its fullness. I mean, maybe the firework is a sign that I should accentuate that point a bit, but I just really want you to hear that tonight. God is your loving Father who calls you and me to rest because he knows what is good for you. He loves you and he wants you to flourish. Now we know that rest impacts our physical health positively. It impacts our mental health and it impacts as we follow Jesus our spiritual health as well. I I won't say any more with regards to that line. I won't do that every time there's a firework going off. Anyway, there's a few threads here in this passage of Scripture in Hebrews 4, and I just want to draw on them briefly as we think about what does it mean for you and I to rest well. And the first thread is this. It's to do with Sabbath rest. So have a look at verse 4 in um, Hebrews chapter 4. And what we read there is this. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words. And on the seventh day, God rested 
from all his work. Now this is the word Shabbat, which is Sabbath. And what's interesting about this word is it's a verb. It is something that we do. Rest is something that we work at. It's something that we grow in. It's something that we can exercise and get better at. The discipline of resting, of stopping, of putting down our work, of putting to one side the distractions of television and emails and phones and all the rest of it. And of just being in the presence of God. Resting in the presence of God. Jesus was challenged by the Pharisees about what he and the disciples were doing on the Sabbath. And we know that Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, he didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And so Jesus turns to these Pharisees who challenge him and he says that he, Jesus, is the Lord of the Sabbath. He goes on to heal on the Sabbath. And so for you and me, it's as we rest that we find healing. It's as we rest that we find healing in God's power. So I want to ask, how are you doing at stopping? How are you doing at slowing down in your life? This is working progress for me. Just putting to one side all the distractions, all the demands that are placed upon you from work and friends and family and church, dare I say it. And actually just taking time to rest in the presence of God. Do you work from a place of rest or are you continually searching for a break and a some pause in life that just seems to be going so quickly and that life is just consumed by work and everything else sabbath is one form of rest here in hebrews 4 And it also points towards a greater rest that we're going to have a look at in a minute. Sabbath rest. God is calling you and me to take time to slow down and be in his presence. The second thread we see in this passage of scripture is all about the promised land. So have a look at um, the end of chapter 3, verse 16. And what we read in this little chunk of scripture towards the end of chapter 3 is, about the Israelites, God's people. And they'd been held in slavery in Egypt. They were freed. And they are on this journey to the promised land. And the promised land symbolizes rest for them. It symbolizes a place they can call home, a place where they can settle, make homes and have community and worship and be together in the presence of God. But they had to wait 40 years 40 years. I mean, sometimes I read this and I think, I am so impatient. I get frustrated if something doesn't happen within days. 40 years they waited before they entered the promised land. And during that time, what we read here in scripture is that some of them were disobedient. Some of them turned from God and decided to go their own way. And this is what we're seeing in our country at the moment, isn't it? We're seeing people just going their own way. People are searching, but they're looking in the wrong place. You know, whether people are searching for 
answers in self-help books or turning to drugs or alcohol or relationships or just looking for the perfect job, the perfect house, the perfect car, the perfect partner. The list goes on. But this search is relentless and this search is not fruitful and this search does not satisfy. It's exhausting. That's what we're seeing in our culture is people are exhausted because they're being driven on to a false promise of what will bring satisfaction and meaning in their life. And that's one of the reasons why we really care about doing Alpha. It's just one way to invite people to hear the true meaning of life. Jesus. To come and ask their questions and explore that we would be able to, there'd be people around you who you know who are just chasing after the wrong things. You can say to them, take some of these cards, say, come and ask your questions in a safe environment and explore the meaning of life. But this hunger is not just, this hunger for rest is not just something we see outside the church. And some of you may be here tonight and you would say, David, I'm just exhausted feel done in maybe like me in red lion square you just want to yell out because you can't take anymore but the answer is not searching for a new job or a holiday or a new house or a new car or whatever else it may be that the world is offering us because that will not bring true satisfaction what we read in verse 8 of Hebrews 4 is that it was Joshua who brought God's people into the promised land now we only read about Joshua two places in the New Testament one is here in Hebrews the other is in the book of Acts and we know that the name Joshua has the same root as Jesus to mean to save to rescue to deliver and so in the same way that Joshua is the first person to bring God's people into a place of rest, Jesus is the one who will bring you and me into a true place of rest in our lives. Jesus says to you tonight, come to me. True rest is found in relationship with him. And so it begs the question, how are you doing with Jesus? How is your relationship with the Lord? Because you can come to church and you could be involved in a whole manner of activities here. But unless you have a growing, deep, intimate relationship with Jesus, you are not going to find true rest. It's one of the things I really admire about Fiona's story is she's willing to lay down something in order to prioritize her relationship with Jesus. So what are our priorities? Is it that it's work first and then friends and then maybe sport and I don't know, whatever else after that and then we tag Jesus on at the end? What are your priorities in your life? How is your relationship growing with the Lord? The way that we find rest, true rest, is in relationship with Jesus. 
listening to him, praying, being in communication with him, listening to the promises that he speaks over us, his words. You know, if you're here tonight and you feel tired and burnt out and exhausted, take some time to read God's word, to hear his promises afresh in your life. Take time every morning just to wake up and even if it's 10 minutes to read some scripture, say, God, what do you want to say to me through this word? And then listen. And I promise you, as you do this, this is my experience, you will find rest as you bring yourself before God every day to hear from him and be refreshed by him. Because in these pages we find Jesus and he ministers to us. The final thread that we see in this chapter in Hebrews is around Psalm 95. So have a look at verse 3 in chapter 4 and then again in verse 7. And we see these references to Psalm 95. Now we know that Psalm 95 was Uh, written after Joshua led God's people into the promised land. So these are words that are spoken for a future rest. And for you and I, as we read these words of Hebrew, there is a future rest promised for you and me. There's a rest that goes beyond the Sabbath. There's a rest that goes beyond our day-to-day walk with Jesus. And what we see in this passage of scripture, so if you start at chapter 3 verse 16 and you just sort of skim read right through to where Sandy read to the, um, where is it, verse 13, you see repeated a number of times these words obedience and faith or the opposite, disobedience, unfaithfulness. And what we see at the end of chapter 3 is that the people of God couldn't and didn't enter God's rest because they were disobedient they were unfaithful and in verse 11 of chapter 4 we read that we are to make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following the example of disobedience and we believe don't we as Christians that one day when Jesus returns that we will enter a place of rest in relationship with him that goes far beyond anything we can experience today. We believe that death is not the end, don't we? That as death wasn't the end for Jesus, death is not the end for us. And that all of our stress and our anxiety and our torment that we might face in this life will just melt away as we step forward in faith On that day when we are reunited with Jesus when he returns. And on that day we read in scripture. There will be no more yelling out in Red Lion Square for those of faith. There will be no more stress or burnout for those who love the Lord Jesus. Because we will enter that perfect relationship with him. Where we will be forever. Forever folks. And it's a perspective we need to hold on to because the trials and difficulties that we face in this life are short. And we will have an eternity with Jesus. Eternal rest forever.
And as we wait for that day, Jesus invites you and me to him. And so I just want to finish with these words. These are the words of Jesus from Matthew 11. They're words many of you know. But they're his invitation to you tonight. Jesus says this to you this evening. Come to me. Get away with me and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest, says Jesus. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you will learn to live freely and lightly. Amen.